The Athletic. Hello, I'm Dan Bardell and welcome to 1874, The Athletic's podcast all about Aston Villa Football Club. You may have seen on social media that Greg's struggling with COVID, so he won't be joining us on 1874 this week, but we do wish him well and hope that he gets well soon. Luckily for us, the Athletic has a squad depth to burn, and after she covered the Villa game at Spurs, it's a warm 1874 welcome to actual Villa fan Holly Percival. Welcome, Holly. Hi, Dan. Also, I suspect with a more London-centric take on affairs as well, I've got my colleague from the Athletic's football show, Flo Lloyd-Hughes, with me as well. Hey, Dan. Yeah, that actual <laughs> was very pointed. It felt like a very cutting actual Villa fan. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to I'm not gonna come on my first appearance on this podcast and start talking about 1874 politics. You know, I don't want to get In my defence, I don't write the script, but, so it's, it's absolutely nothing to do with me. I, ju- <laughs> I just read what is there. Shots fired. Holly, as I say, you were at the game on Sunday afternoon. I was in the away end. You were in the press box. Very nice press box at, what, at Spurs by the sounds of things. And you've done a piece on The Athletic to just talk us through how, how that went for you. It was amazing. It was my first time at Tottenham Stadium. And you are right, it is big bold and beautiful and it was my first Villa game in a few years as well so I was like a kid on Christmas day getting to watch Villa for the first time in a long time Um, and I decided to focus the piece on what went wrong for Villa I think a lot of fans will have felt frustrated after the win against United the weekend prior so I just kind of analysed what I felt went wrong for Villa on the day and potentially needing to adapt quicker which Dean Smith has shown Villa can do in the right moment so kind of reminding fans that he can do that and will do that hopefully in the next few games after the international break. Yeah, a real bad day at the office for Villa. In all honesty, it wasn't a great day at the office for Spurs either, Flo, but Spurs are lucky in that they have a fantastic player on the left wing named Son. Absolutely phenomenal, best player on the pitch. And, you know, I actually think he's Spurs' most important player, despite everyone goes on about Harry Kane. Son is absolutely incredible. Unbelievable player and any vague success that Spurs are going to have this season relies on him staying fit and him performing well and he's extremely consistent so if he's fit he's going to help them he's going to do his best but obviously it is a bit worrying I think if you're a Spurs fan if you're relying on him to basically drag you from your slump I mean as a QPR fan I know very well the frustration with facing a team that is out of luck Mm. in bad form and you think you're going to have a nice day and then they get their first win in off a bad run I've seen that so many times. So, yeah, I really sympathise with you guys because it is really frustrating, especially given how you guys had played that big win against United the week before. I'm sure confidence would have been really high and it's just, it's frustrating to get done, I think, the way you did. And maybe, Holly, like you said, going forward, that transition defending is definitely something that Villa might need to kind of watch, especially when you're playing sides like Leeds United who kind of thrive off that. The transition defence was really, really good against Manchester United. It was night and day. At Spurs, it, it was just awful. Concert looked looked troubled by Song constantly. Holly, the, they seemed to just find gaps in between the wing-backs and the, and the centre-backs and, and take advantage of that all through the game. I mean, my agent's a Spurs fan and he texted me, after, he texted me before the game saying, may the best team win. And after the game, I texted him back saying, I don't really think there was, there was such a thing. Spurs just won. I wouldn't say there was much between it other than the fact that Son had a great game. I think the formation played into the hands of Son. He was allowed to utilise the space between the centre-backs and the full-backs. And 
I mean, I wasn't able to watch the United game because it wasn't on TV, but from what I've heard, that transition when we took the ball up towards the United end was great, whereas we lost the ball in midfield a lot and that transition was very back and forth and disjointed. So it just felt that Son was able to utilise a panicked Villa back line that were constantly having to go forward and backwards and forward and backwards because the possession between both teams in the midfield was, was terrible, frankly. So... It was a frustrating game in that sense because we've seen how good that Villa defensive line can be. So disappointing is probably the key word for me in that in that game last weekend. Do you think the problems in defence stemmed from the midfield? Because we didn't look after the ball well at all. Every time we, we seemed to want to make a challenge in the middle of the park, it seemed to still break Spurs as well. I mean, the pass completions from McGinn, Ramsey and Louise were not good. I haven't got the stats in front of me, but I'm imagining it was a far cry away from the pass completion at Old Trafford. Do you think it was just a bad day at the office for the midfield or was, is there wider concerns? I think a bad day in the office for the midfield is probably the uh, the main cause for concern at the moment. I think the reason... Dean Smith went unchanged from the United side was because he was confident that the same team could do the same thing against Spurs, hence why Ramsey started. But I think maybe Nakamba starting would have been a more wise decision to kind of have two holding midfielders and have Louise and Nakamba sit together and let McGinn kind of try and win the ball back higher up. I mean, Ramsey only had 12 total passes um, completed in that time that he was on the pitch. And you could tell he was frustrated when he got that yellow card. And it just, he's young, Yes, but I, you know, maybe Nakamba would have been the safest option there to reduce that risk of errors. Um, so it just had that really big knock-on effect, and I wrote that in my piece that it just meant that the defensive line struggled. Cash ended up out of position a couple of times because he was trying to get up and help Villa equalise. So yeah, it then had that knock-on effect that Konza just struggled to contain Son, and like you said, Con has never looked to have that much of a of a difficult game until Sunday. So. Hopefully, if we can figure the midfield out again and, and make that correct decision as to who plays in that triangle, then I think that it will kind of sort itself out defensively as well. Yeah, and Flo, I don't know how much you've seen the Villa so far this season, but they're trying to get this strike partnership going at the moment of, of Ollie Watkins and Danny Ings. Obviously, Watkins scored, which is great. Great to see him get off the mark for the season, had problems with injury at the, at the start of the campaign, so missed a few games. But Danny Ings, he isn't really getting chances, which is a little bit of a concern. When we do score a goal, he always seems to be involved in it and he works very, very hard. In fact, both of them work extremely hard. It's great to see up top. But as a partnership, it's not really happening at the moment. Is that one that you'd expect to start working with time? Yeah, it's an interesting one. Actually, having a look at the stats here, you guys put in 27 crosses compared to uh, Spurs' 11 um, but only four of them were accurate of those 27. So in terms of the supply that a player like Danny Ings and Ollie Watkins is, is getting, it's not brilliant looking at those numbers. I mean, it takes time, these partnerships. I, If I was a Villa fan, I'd be a little bit frustrated about Watkins' England call-up um, because I think the player who is still maybe struggling to find full fitness again a little bit out of form so far in the bits of he's played this season. I don't know if I was a manager, if I was Dean Smith, I would like him to go out on England duty. I feel like I would have liked him to stay and maybe get a little bit of additional work on the training ground, perhaps more conditioning, whatever it may be. Like, I'm no sports scientist, but I do think that's an interesting one, seeing as um, you know Southgate has so many options at his disposal uh, and none of his none of these qualifiers are particularly important in terms of like England are favourites and pretty much all of them. Um, so I just don't think it's necessary in many ways. Um, but I think that that relationship and that that bond and that understanding will come, but you've still got to have the 
you know good supply into them because otherwise it's like you know they're they're just chasing chasing shadows and and spending energy for no reason i think that that feels the problem with things a little bit holly you know if he gets a chance you feel like he would took it away i mean he's got a couple of goals hasn't he i mean this one finish was absolutely unbelievable against newcastle but he isn't really getting any chances across the four the last three or four games. I think he had one half chance in that Spurs game, but I don't remember much else across the games, and that is slightly concerning. It definitely is, and you know Villa seem excited when they can have a go at a long throw in or or a corner, and you know get the centre backs in because they're tall and they're great um, in the air, but. That doesn't favour Ings at all, in my opinion. I think, you know, trying to put a through ball on the ground from cash or target into the feet of Watkins or Ings could hopefully work better for both of them in the very near future if they are to try and change that up. I just think constantly trying to put the ball in the air just kind of rules Ings out of having a big impact. He's great with his feet. I mean, his fitness is better than me and I'm 24. So he needs to, you know, give him the ball, let him run, let him put pressure on the defence and you know Watkins is intelligent Ings is intelligent they know how to play off of each other even though it's still kind of finding its way in so it's seeing what works and trying different things I want to see different ways of Villa attacking over the next couple of games yeah I think after the international break flow Villa should have Leon Bailey back and again I don't know how much of him you've seen but I really feel like he's going to be the one for Villa, he's going he's gonna to take over the Grealish mantle of being the go-to guy because in his brief cameo so far, he, he's looked unplayable. Yeah, and there's been a lot of hype around him. I mean, I think the Athletic wrote like three pieces alone before he'd even arrived in <laughs> at Villa. So I know there's a lot of hype around him. A lot of people are excited by him. And he certainly lived up to that in, in the appearances you've made, like you said. So it's a lot of pressure that you're putting on on him, Dan. So I would say don't go... I tell you, I think he's, I think he's good enough for it, though. I think I think he can handle the Bardell pressure. But no, gen- generally, I think um, I think he's going to be a big player. Um, and yeah, as, as soon as he's back inside, I think it will definitely lift you guys. And I think... I think, like um, like Holly said, you'll you'll learn a lot. I think from from that game at the weekend, and I think those those errors, you will just get punished. You'll get punished for them at this level, and you know ev- that's why every single game is such a learning curve because you have to be so on it, so on it, because you will just get absolutely punished by certain players and certain teams if you make one single mistake. I was so confident going into the game, which is a frustrating thing. I really, really fancied us to, to do a number on Spurs, but I suppose when they'd lost was it four in a row, it was unlikely they were going to make it five, so I should have been a bit more wise in the away end. But the most frustrating thing, Holly, was, was getting back in the game and then five minutes later conceding pretty much an, an identical goal to, to the one we we just scored. You know, Sit on it for five, ten minutes, mate, make sure you get, get a stranglehold of the game. When we scored... I was really, really confident that again that we'd go on and win that game. It's just so frustrating to score and then let them get back ahead straight away. Yeah, I mean, we did that against them previously. We were one nil down the last time we played them at the stadium, and then you know a Regalon own goal that is probably the worst own goal I've ever seen in my life uh, to then win it two one. I think Villa are good at normally being able to you know keep possession and slow the game down and really give themselves time to to think about what they want to do with the rest of the game and. It's a mixture of Spurs not allowing them to do that and Villa just didn't really want to take control of the ball, it felt like. So, yeah, I thought in the press box, I I did a little cheer, admittedly, in the press box, which I, I got a funny look for. Unprof- unprofessional. <laughs> yeah, it unprofessional. was, it was, but I am Villa through and through. So it just came out from me and um, I, then I was like, great, this is it. This is where we get back into it. And, 
you're right, we just didn't settle. We we still seemed panicked. It was like it was almost though the players didn't feel like they deserved or understood where that goal had just come from because it did feel against the run of play. So it was frustrating for f- after five minutes to then concede again pretty much the exact same way we had scored against them. So again, it's it's issues that I believe Smith can iron out and, and the defensive line can iron out over the next couple of weeks before they play Wolves. Yeah, Smith was very honest after the, after the game. Holly, I don't know whether you got to speak to him at all, but you know he always speaks how I've how I've seen the game. He, he doesn't try and bullshit the fans. He doesn't try and get across things that didn't happen like other Villa managers have done in the past. He basically said what well, we've said that it was a poor game, a scrappy game. They had Son. That's why they won. Yeah, I asked him in the press conference. You know, did you change anything defensively um, going into this game? And he he was honest and said no. You know, it takes one player to change a game and, and for Spurs that was Son and I definitely agree with what he said um, and I, I, I'm confident Smith will address errors that went wrong personally for Villa but at times when you just can't contain one player it, it's enough to make a difference and on Sunday that was it for Spurs. Wolves at home next up for Villa after the international break and Flo, I don't, again, I don't know if you're across this but Villa will be sweating over whether Douglas Louise or Emi Martinez even make it back for that game, I think at best at the moment, they'll be back the day of, of the game, which isn't ideal preparation. But it just seems that they need they need to get this in the international break. So because you can't be having players go off and missing Premier League games because they've been, they've been away with their country. It's not really on. It's I mean, it's all so complicated. Um, and I do think the the latest, I think, change that they were looking into, or I think they have confirmed is that if players were double vaccinated, that they wouldn't have to uh, face the quarantine and stuff like that. Um, so I think I think that's the best option you can go for, really. I think um, I think what's more frustrating, though, for the South American players is actually when you look at the numbers in the UK, we have a hell of a lot more COVID than they do. And I know, you know, from from family friends who live in, in South America, Colombia, especially Colombia, I think have got like a thousand cases at the moment. And we've got a hell of a lot more than that. So I understand that frustration. Um, but I also think the you know, the players in many ways can try and make the situation a little bit easier. Um, but it, obviously it's frustrating for fans when you're like, key players are missing yeah the player's been so motivated to play for, for these countries as well the South American boys that they love playing for Brazil they love playing for Argentina you know so Villa they have to let them go they're, they're not going to keep them back you've, you've seen some teams have perhaps kept players back in the past but, but Villa won't do that will they because they know how much playing for the country means to these players yeah I think it's it's so important to them and frustratingly I think our biggest loss is Martinez um, he's so key in goal for us and I can completely understand why he wants to go play. It could arguably be Messi's last World Cup, so he wants to be in that team as much as possible to make sure that he'll be there next year. Uh, next year. So I don't blame him for wanting to make sure that he can go, and I think it is great that Villa accommodated previously, but you know, for a team like Villa, losing those players is, is detrimental to what the result will be after, off the back of the international break. So hopefully there'll be more fine-tuned rules and hopefully in Villa's players are double vaccinated which means that they can be back in time but yeah hopefully it doesn't have a big impact against Wolves yeah I mean and you'd you'd hope there'd be no problems with Villa players catching flights but there seems to be problems with players getting the bus back <laughs> after the game flow I don't, I don't know whether you saw this it looks like Tyrone Mings missed the bus how does that even happen I, I don't know. It, uh, there's, there's footage of him he's standing there on the phone with with a security guy. Like it looks like, where's the bus? 
You think you might? I don't know. I don't know how true this is, but there is there is video footage. I do know that a lot of players often do arrange other plans from an away game. So if they've got family or yeah. friends that live in London or whatever, it's quite common that you would you know hang out with them that night and then head back solo the next day. So it could be that, or it could have just been that they did look very confused. <laughs> <they> got him. <laughs> You'd like to think you might check whether your captain's on the bus. I mean, yeah, of, of all the people to leave behind, it's like quite a key player. <laughs> yeah, he, he does look very confused on that video. But as I say, I've, I've no idea whether that's what actually happened, but it, it's what's doing the rounds on Twitter. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's move on then to the WSL. So Villa's men have no fixtures for 10 days now with the international break and that gives us an opportunity to catch up with the women's side who are playing twice in the next seven days. It's Villa's second year in the WSL now and things got a little bit dicey at the end of last season but we've started in promising fashion this time round taking seven points from our first four games. A good start to the season flow although obviously a bad result at the weekend against Arsenal at Villa Park but encouraging to see so many people there and an encouraging start from Villa in general. Villa have had a really good start to the season. I watched a lot of Villa last season and they were not good. I will put it very bluntly and honestly, they were not good. Um, but they have an absolute gem of a manager. And I've told you, Dan, how much I love the Villa women manager, Carla Ward. Um, the, they've managed to recruit one of the, like I think, most talented coaches in English women's football at the moment. She is um, really, really good and I think is going to have a fantastic career. She, she's still pretty you know, young in her coaching career and she is of, in my opinion, the sort of Emma Hayes ilk. So to secure her, like a lot of clubs would have wanted her. She came from Birmingham, which obviously I know is can be a bit of a soft sore point for you guys but oh, I don't know we said we said we said to like that in the women's game no, there seems is to be a, quite a lot of crossover there is, a bit of, there is still you know quite a big rivalry um but yeah it's not as perhaps like poisonous as it, it can be in the men's game it's not like when the men's team hired Alex McLeish I don't, I don't think I don't think he's looked at like that but uh, yeah, no, she's she's extremely talented, um, very, very exciting package. And I mean, to put into context, last season, she kept Birmingham up. And when she joined Birmingham before the season, I think they only had 11 players in their squad. Yeah, that's So good she good. spent an entire season basically fighting against internal issues, against battling COVID and injuries and all these kind of things. Um, and so, she, you know, she managed to keep them up, which was 
unbelievable and it always looked likely that she would leave Birmingham and I imagine I don't know but I imagine there were a lot of clubs that were interested in hiring her because of the job she'd done there she'd almost took Sheffield United to the brink of being promoted into the WSL um, and what she's managed to do already with with Villa this season winning their first uh, three uh, sorry going unbeaten in their first three games, winning two of their first three games, is just really, really impressive because they did really struggle last season. Um, And I think why I'm so impressed with her is because she's not only a brilliant coach, but she is someone who is really passionate about equality in the women's game. She really stands up for her players. She's a very honest voice. Um, You know, she's great in interviews. She's great... um, with other coaches she always speaks up for stuff and I think you need characters like that in the women's game last season with Birmingham she helped the players basically write a letter to the club to say you know we're not putting up with these terrible standards that we've been having um, and I just think to have a character like that at your club you guys are really lucky and I hope more people turn out than did at Villa Park it's brilliant brilliant and I hope that continues um, because yeah it's, I'm really excited to see what they've, they've uh, she can do with them this season. Last season, Holly, the, the recruitment felt a little bit scattergun. It felt like Villa went away from what had been so successful in getting them up the season before. But but this year's recruitment looks a lot better now, and they look more of a team. They, they kind of look a little bit like with Carla in charge that they've, they've gone back more to their roots because it felt like they got away from everything last season. Yeah, definitely. I think the excitement of being in the WSL for the first time can you know make everyone get a bit giddy and... and make maybe not the most rational decisions so I think Gemma Davies last season did have a big task on her hands and obviously they brought in a, a second coach to help her see out the rest of the season but with Carla Ward it definitely feels back to basics in terms of the way they set up on the pitch and also just the way that the team are now feel a lot more together than last season you can yeah. kind of sense a disjointedness between some of the players on the pitch as well definitely so it is really great to see and, and like Flo mentioned, you know, this season's been great for them and they're breaking club records almost every week as as it's just their second season in the top flight. So, I mean, to already have uh, seven points um, so far this season compared to the fact that they had ended last season with 15. I was going to say, it's not a million miles away from the points tally of last season. Exactly. So it's definitely a massive, massive improvement for Villa and I'm sure Carla Ward will be happy that... I think it's just that the endurance of the team last season, if if they were losing one nil or you know needed to try and find a winner, it just didn't seem like that was possible for Villa. Whereas this season, they've already scored a late minute winner um, in their opening game of the season, a late minute equaliser in their second game of the season. So there's just so much more ambition in that team and drive to succeed. And and you know I think that is all down to Carla Ward and and the kind of ethos that she's trying to set amongst the players. So it's it's really great to see credit to the club as well because I know that Christian Perslow has been at a lot of games this season already he even went to some of the pre-season games Villa played Chelsea in pre-season um I don't know if fans were allowed to come but I know that only a few journos went it was kind of like an unofficial official pre-season thing and pre-season in women's football isn't kind of very well marketed they they often just play games behind closed doors but he went down to that I know he's been at a lot of women's games and you don't see that a lot actually um, and I think like Holly said that just shows a really good commitment from the club I think another interesting angle as well actually when it comes to the Villa Park thing is Carla Ward's been really open and honest about this and and other players and managers have in the league as well is actually they're not massive on playing games at at Villa Park or you know the equivalent for other clubs they're not like a lot of managers aren't keen on playing games 
at the the main club stadium because obviously it's not familiar surroundings, often a much bigger pitch, bigger stadium, so it can feel kind of quite empty of atmosphere. And obviously when you get used to playing at a certain place, you know, you get comfortable with it. And actually it's quite interesting that although the attendance was brilliant against Arsenal and it helps that Arsenal have some of the most talented and kind of biggest names in women's football in their team and that helps bring out numbers. I do think it's interesting going forward, you know, whether the club will want to continue to put games at Villa Park or whether the team will actually say, well, we actually, you know, would rather we can try and get more fans down to our regular home in order to build that fan base and not just have these more like one-off kind of fleeting great attendances, but get some more consistency. And it is tough, like... If you're playing uh, on a Sunday, a lot of WSL games will be on a Sunday and then Villa are on, are on Sky on a Sunday. It's really hard to kind of make that work. But ideally, I know you guys, you know, aren't on, on Sundays a lot this season so far anyway. That Spurs game, I think, maybe was the only time you've been on a Sunday this season. Uh, it's the first yeah. one, I think, yeah. So there is a way to kind of balance that and it would be great to get more people down. So Flo, a four-goal defeat against Arsenal sounds pretty bad. But, you know, it was a big margin of victory, but Arsenal pretty much beat everyone but by that amount at the moment, it seems. And they are the acid test in the WSL this year. Where are Villa in relation to, to those teams now? Because there has been improvement from last season, but the jump from Villa to Arsenal is pretty big, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, what will please uh, Villa fans is that they're not going to go down. Birmingham are pretty much dead on to go down. So that's obviously great for you guys. Um, Not great for women's football, really. Um, But, you know, they've already won two games and this is a 12-team league. So there's not a lot of time for teams to make up those points. So winning two of your first four games is a pretty good way to start the season. So they've built a brilliant foundation. And then you're kind of looking up and thinking, right, where where do we stand? Um, Brighton are a team that have really pushed on this season. They've also won two of their first four games um, last season. They went on, I think, a four-game winning streak, which is, was you know by far their best ever in the division. They beat Chelsea last season as well. So they're sort of pushing to really cement themselves in that top six. Really, the top three is going to be Arsenal, Chelsea and either Man United or Man City. Now, City have lost three of their first four games, which is very unlike them, very unlike the, you know, the way the league has run over the, over the last few years. So we are seeing things kind of open up a little bit. Currently, Spurs find themselves second at the table, which is ridiculous. They've already got 60% of their points total that they had from last season. So things have opened up a little bit, which is great news for teams like Villa because they'll feel like they can break in a little bit more. So really, I think for them, they would want to look at some place between 10th and 6th. Um, and the higher, the better. I think it will be a little bit too soon for them to be pushing into the top six, but anywhere close to, to sixth would be really solid. And, and and a good cup run as well, actually. You know, they're not in uh, last season's FA Cup anymore, but they've got this season's FA Cup and then the Continental Cup, which is the equivalent of the League Cup in the women's game. They've got their first group stage match. Don't ask me why they do group stages. I'm not a massive fan, but anyway, they do group stages for the early rounds. Um, so they've got their first one on that next Wednesday. So that could be a good opportunity for them as well. So I think decent cup run, getting close-ish to sixth, and that'll be a really, really positive season. I'm quite positive about it. As I say, it feels in a lot better place than it did this time last year. So that, that, that's a good thing. And, and Reading are up next. Holly, my favourite place, Reading. Should should we be confident? I believe there will be a live stream available on FA Player for Villa fans to watch. But a, a chance at three points, I would think. 
Definitely. I think it will actually be a really exciting game. Uh, Reading are a really good team as well. However, they, you know, probably haven't had the start to the season that they would have wanted. Uh, in my opinion, I think they would have been aiming for the similar sort of results as what Brighton have managed to achieve. Um I do feel like maybe Reading are missing Farrah Williams a little bit. She was so key for them and, and a real figure. So trying to fill just that role that's left behind by Farrah Williams could, you know, could take a little time for Reading. But in all honesty, I would I'd back Villa to travel down south and, and get three points, to be honest. But that could be because I am slightly biased. Yeah, I'm going to try and get myself down there on Sunday. Very, very local to me, so, so no excuse for me at all. I'm going to but hold you to that, Dan. Out. I'll be checking your social media. <laughs> are you going? Are you going, Fleur? <laughs> no, I'm not covering that game actually. Oh, no, no, I no, have, no, been, but you know why? You know, actually, I'm quite relieved because the press box at the Majeski is a nightmare. It's absolutely up in the gods. It's so, so high up. So you do kind of feel like you're just watching some ants. Will it? Will it be? At the, do they play at the Majeski then? Yeah. So they do. They used to play at Adams Park, Wickham Wanderers Ground, which is such a nice ground you know like kind of set in front of almost like a forest um and then last season they pretty much fully transitioned into the Majeski um which is I think it's really good for the club they've had decent crowds there um but it is a big stadium um but I think they've got used to playing on the pitch because it is quite a big pitch as well um but they've played there for yeah at least a whole season now so you kind of get used to it but yeah, like Holly said, it hasn't been a brilliant season for them so far. Defensively, they're very weak, so I think Villa have some good opportunities. Yeah, Majeski, one of my favourite away days, as listeners of 1874 will know. Also went there for my COVID jab. I like it so much. So yeah, I'll try and get myself down there on Sunday. And I'm getting some abuse from the producer in the script saying, if Bram Bardell is there, social media will know about it. So yeah, I'm going to do everything I can. To, to get there on on Sunday, we'll, we'll see what happens. I enjoyed your your Spurs away day catalogue on Instagram. I felt like I was part of that. Yeah, I felt like I got the you know North London away day experience well, through your updates. It was brilliant. I went with Nathan Dore. Just casually. Who, yeah, who he's is, like a celebrity Villa uh, fan, right? Well, yeah, but when I first knew him, he he wasn't really that famous, and now now he's massive. Worked with, worked with all kinds of people, and honestly, I reckon there was I don't know if there was two thousand, three thousand Villa fans there. But I reckon 80% of them had a selfie with him. Any selfies for you or you didn't get any? What, two people did ask for a selfie with both of us at the same time, which made, me feel, nice. made me feel very, very famous. But yeah, <laughs> his stature in the music world is, in, is incredible at the moment. Yeah, So it was interesting going to an away game with him because he can't even hide because he's about six foot seven. <laughs> so every Villa fan just picked up on him and, and came and had their photo taken with him. So yeah, as always with away days, it was, it was a great day until the game kicked off. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. This episode is supported by Season 3 of FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. Catch all new episodes Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu.
Now, ordinarily at this point, I'd be presenting my top three for Greg, but we're going to switch it around today. And Flo is going to pick out three players to watch in the Villa women's team. So without further ado, Flo, do you, do you want to do that? Have you picked your three players? Yeah, three three players for me. Three. Hannah Hampton, really, really talented goalkeeper. Uh, and she was another, uh, another player. I think, you know, a, a colleague of mine at, at TalkSport recently did an interview with her. And I think... He said something like five clubs were in for her during the summer. Really, really exciting young talent. I wouldn't say she's bedded into her new role at Villa that well, because actually she's made quite a few mistakes this season. Uh, kind of one in every game she's played, which is frustrating because if anyone watched her last season for Birmingham, they would see how talented she is. So I think it's exciting to know... There's a lot of success ahead of her. She's only 20 years old. So obviously in goalkeeper terms, that's extremely young. Just missed out on a Team GB sport, Team GD sport semi-controversially because she was told before she directly played a match for Birmingham. And it was obviously like really frustrating and upsetting for her. But, you know, she wanted to link back up with, with Carla Ward after being at Birmingham with her. And yeah, such a good talent. And I'm excited to see how she can progress really with uh, with Carla Ward again. Yeah, she has, she has made a couple of mistakes, but she's made a lot of yeah. saves. She, she's a brilliant shot stopper. Yeah, um, she, honestly, some, some incredible saves. And the thing that surprised me the most was in, in the West Ham game, she got caught high, high up out of a box. She, she made a mistake where there was a bit of a defensive mix-up and she got caught high up in the, out of a box. Her recovery pace was unbelievable. I couldn't believe how fast she was. Yeah, I think honestly, she she was rapid. I think for her, it's just about getting used to a new back line uh, and working with that new back line. And I think once she's comfortable and she's happy with them, um, I think it's going to be unstoppable. But I think she's still sort of getting used to working with that new group. I think she looks a step up in terms of pedigree of goalkeeper to, to what we had last season. To me, I, I think she's she's going to be an incredible goalkeeper from, from what I've seen so far. Who else have you got, Flo? Uh, so my other pick is Two. Maz Pacheco. She's a, a full-back. She plays on the left. Another really exciting talent. Um, she's actually been in the WSL for quite a long time now. She's 23 and she's all, she's played across all England's kind of unders uh, and played in like major competitions and and has been really a star in like the junior ranks of England but I don't think we've quite really seen the best of her when it comes to WSL she's played for Liverpool she played for Doncaster Bells um, and then she moved on to Reading your favourites Dan and then she had a season at West Ham and didn't really play that much and now Villa have got her and I finally feel like under Carl Ward at Villa we're seeing the best we have really seen of Maz Pacheco in the WSL. She's already nutmegged, I think, maybe three, four times already this season. If you go on the Villa Women Twitter Oh, she loves a showboat. Yeah, loves a show you, you'll be able to catch some of those. Really skillful player. Um, but perhaps I just don't think has ever may, maybe been given the confidence just to, like, let loose. I think she's the kind of player you need to say, look, we trust you, do what you want to do. Um, take some risks um, and play with bravery. And I feel like she's finally got that now and we're seeing the best of her. So she's someone that I would definitely say watch out for her because if she carries on playing like this, uh, this season, she might, you know, finally break into the England women's senior side, especially as there's a lot of older players in that squad who are picking up injuries. This could be a really fruitful season for her. Yeah, Holly, your face lit up <laughs> when her name was mentioned there. Is she someone that you like? Yeah, massively. I've thoroughly enjoyed watching her. Um, maybe it's because I don't know if anyone does the same thing, but they like players who play in their position as well. Um, okay. So I, she has a soft spot in my heart. But yeah, I think I agree with what Flo said. 
if Villa can continue to give her the freedom, I'd actually be quite interested to see her play slightly higher up the pitch as well and see how much she can adapt to that role. She is quick. She is, you know, got great feet, and I have. She's definitely one of my favourite players. I'm. I don't want to scream bingo just yet, but I also wrote down three names before this, and I'm two for two with Flo so far. So I'm interested to know okay. who the final player is that you've picked. So this is this is. I think I know. Who this is an interesting one. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a tough one because. This isn't this pick isn't necessarily about performances this season. Uh, it's more about experience and her status within women's football. Oh, then I think I I think I know who your answer is then. But I was gonna pick someone else. Okay. So it's kind of it's oh, no, it's a well, real no, fight between the two. One. But <laughs> no, you can only have one. <sighs> okay, I'm gonna pick this. I'm gonna get, pick this person, but I'm gonna give a shout out to the other person if that's all right. Okay, you can do that. One. So I'm going to pick Alicia Lehman, uh, and I don't know if Holly had that as her other one, but I'm going to pick Alicia Lehman. Um, she's also a really talented player that I feel like hasn't found consistency in this division. Uh, she was really good for West Ham uh, under Matt Beard and became a bit of a you know important match winner for them. And, and if anyone watched that BBC iPlayer documentary about the Aston Villa women's team and about... Um, Junior Sullivan, I can't remember his name, but um, yeah, he would kind of took over and control of the women's team. He's no longer there, but it was kind of documentary about them. Alicia Lehman had a big role in it. Um, she's a hilarious character. She has four million followers on Instagram. A social media is a joke. It's ridiculous. It's, it's levels for me to aspire. Like she has more, like more social media followers than the biggest players in women's football bar Alex Morgan like combined, which is just ridiculous. She's a massive star in in Switzerland where she's from. Uh, she was on loan at Aston Villa last season, didn't really break into the squad consistently and perform on a consistent level. I would love her to have a really big season because she's a hilarious character. I've, I've interviewed Carla Ward um, already this season and she's talked about how much fun Alicia Lehman is. She's really into doing TikTok. She's a brilliant follow on social. She has this ridiculous little dog that's always in the changing room, like causing mayhem. Uh, everyone loves her. Um, and I think she's a good person to have around the dressing room. So I'd love that to kind of match her performances this season. But I will give a shout out to Anita Asante, who is a WSL, you know, English women's football legend. So 18th season, I think now, uh, at, in professional women's football. She's played for England. She's played for Chelsea. She's played for Arsenal. Um, I don't think, you know, by her own admission, she would say that she's had the performances she would have liked since signing for Aston Villa last last season especially was difficult for everyone changing managers halfway through and stuff like that um but I really want to see her have a good season I think also actually it might be more beneficial if she perhaps plays in a more defensive midfielder role she's been playing at centre-back most her Villa career and occasionally playing a bit higher up the pitch but um she did make a mistake in the West Ham game and you know I think she, she played well against Arsenal to be fair to her um but I really you know it I really want her to have a really great kind of last few years of her career because she deserves it. So uh, she's another person I always wanted to shout out. But were they your bingo holler? One of those two? Uh, I did. A, I did think of Alicia and I, I crossed her out because I think she's great. But I think you are right. She is one of those kind of go-to names at the moment. Um, so I ended up going for Remy Allen because oh, I think that's a good, that's, that's a good pick. shout. It's a good yeah. shout. That's who I was yeah. going to pick. I think sometimes age and experience is key, and sometimes teams can get that right and sometimes teams can get that wrong but Remy Allen has been 
the perfect fit for Villa. And, you know, those two late goals from her have been key in just giving Villa the confidence and proof that they can win games in the WSL and succeed in the league as well. So I think she, she will be one of the best signings for them. Might not be playing every minute and scoring every goal, but she's going to be so important for them with her experience. Yeah, she's she's been captain so so far through the season, hasn't she? And I, I tweeted after the West Ham game that she was Villa Women's John McGinn. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. All, all, all action, just 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 everywhere. I was really impressed by her. Yeah, she's got bags of experience, and I think, like Holly said, that's kind of what's helped Villa massively because Anita Sunday has has that experience and and is a leader defensively. But I think maybe they were lacking that around the rest of the park recently. Um, and Remy Allen brings that in spades. She was on. She was at Leicester City last season. I think she was their captain there as well. And she kind of, you know, almost single handedly got them promoted. And then to bring her into to Villa, where I'm sure she had lots of other offers and could have stayed at Leicester City and played in the WSL this season, is a massive coup. And yeah, she's rescued Villa a couple of times this season, and it's going to be really important to how how well they do. I think that does us a lovely podcast. I've really enjoyed it. Without Grumpy Greg here, you know, it's, it's a, a nice podcast, a, a nice challenge, nice to talk about some different things. So, so thanks ever so much to you two for joining me today. I've really enjoyed chatting to you both. Should plug the Athletic subscriber code because I haven't done that yet. So if you're not already subscribed to Athletic, then if you go to theathletic.com slash villapod, you'll be able to get 33% off new subscriptions only. So yeah, we wish Greg well. We, we want him back soon. We want, it, want him to get better, but it has been nice having a break from his moods and his global chaos. Thanks ever so much for tuning in as well. Send some questions on social media and we'll try and get through some next week. I think it's probably about time we did a mailbag. So yeah, tweet me some stuff and we'll make sure we incorporate them into next week's show. Have a great weekend and up the villa. Athletic.